quiz. You guys did fast times at Ridgemont High. Fifty Randy quiz. I wouldn't. You're wrong. Fifty Randy quiz. That was straight up murder. We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage talk. Welcome to Fifty Randy Quades, a movie review podcast. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. You got the most Nicholas Cage, and that's relevant this time. I love it when you bring it up in episodes where Nick Cage isn't involved, but at least it's relevant this time around. We are here to talk about a Nick Cage film, also the center of attention. Hold on, but always humble about it. Let's not forget that. Oh no, I was getting there. I was no, getting I wanted to, I wanted to point uh, it out this time. I feel like you're so humble, you shouldn't even need to point it out anymore. You should have others point it out for you, so you can just ignore the fact that you're as humble as you are. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's a one way. To I'm go. just so greedy. I want to talk more about everything, so I'm just going to steal your <laughs> humble line. Well, either way, it's your boy, ye old humble one. Which you texted me the other Did I? day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Chucky B, that's me, your boy. With me, my co-host is always the greedy motherfucker. JT Lumber King Money. And with us, the season seven host with the most. Johnny the Real American Spade. Cheer. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, else. I just have I Am a Real American, the Hulk Hogan theme song in my head now. That's right. I was trying not to like get into it, but you called me out. I was going to say something, but I tried to stop myself. But here we are talking about Hulk Hogan's theme song. So, Well, this is episode 133. Hashtag Cage Talk Edition. There it is. Kick ass. This is Cage Talk 55, y'all. Yeah. And we're in, we're in the year 2010. That really struck me. I don't know if this is the first one that crossed in. To the tens, or if the last one did too, I don't remember. But it made it feel like we're we're in modern cage era now for sure. We're in yeah. what is you know more or less what he's doing these days. Well, I mean, this is still like over a decade ago. I understand, but we've covered what thirty years of Nicolas Cage at this point, almost. Yeah, we've covered a lot of Nick Cage. His first one, a lot of his career, and ni- it's only about half of his catalog, a little over half. Nineteen eighty-two was his first movie in Fast Times, so this is two thousand ten. So twenty-eight years of Nick Cage's career we've covered up to episode fifty-five. You guys did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, done every Nick Cage movie. He's, I love that movie. He's got a bit part in it, but he's in it. And I rewatched it the other night. And I don't know if we even caught it when we watched it. He does have one line. Yeah, yeah. We, I forgot. We it. I forgot that he even had a line in it, but it's right in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh, shit, there it is. Like we said, we just watched Kick-Ass. It is the 55th Nicolas Cage classic. And if you have any questions or comments, you can stroll on over to... 50randyquades.com and you can let us know what the fuck is up. Kind of like you can let Kickass know what the fuck is up. And you can be like, yo, solve this crime. You can't hit him up anymore, though, because he did his work through MySpace and that's gone. Is it? No, MySpace is still around. Is it still around? I thought it yeah, was gone. Yeah, I just gone. watched a thing the other day about Tom. I think it's still around, but it's different. Well, it's gone in my mind. So there's like seven taglines for this movie. Yeah, they're all fine. Yeah, I thought the the shut up, kick ass was probably the best one. It's the one that really 
I think gets the spirit of the movie itself of all the choices best. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Do you have any of the other ones? No, because I didn't give a shit about them. It was mostly like, no, I can't do this superhero thing, but I can kick, but I can kick ass or some shit like that. Fly, no, but I can kick ass. Yeah, it's dumb. Anyhow, here is the trailer for the movie. Kick ass. Nobody's ever tried to be a superhero. Well, I don't know. Probably because it's impossible. Putting on a mask and helping people? How's that impossible? Dude, if anybody did it in real life, they'd get their ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just standing around, you know. <laughs> no, not... Ah! I was just a regular guy. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, my only superpower oh. was being invisible to girls. <laughs> but the comic books had it wrong. You don't need a power to be a superhero. Leave him alone! It's none of your business! Yes, it is. Hey, there's a dude just like a superhero out there fighting a bunch of guys. Who are you? I'm Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass has become the latest internet phenomenon. This is awesome. It's actually pretty good. He should call himself Ass Kick instead. <laughs> He's inspired a wave of real-life superheroes. Tool up, honey buddy. It's time to get bad guys. You want to go fight some crime? Let's see what you can do. This guy comes out of nowhere. This would be the guy that looks like Batman. They tell me one guy killed eight of my men tonight? I gotta send a public service message that being a superhero is bad for your health. So you wanna play? Who are you? I'm Hit Girl. And that's Big Daddy. Red mist. Oh, that kind of hurt. Yeah. I think I'm in love with her, dude. I want this place locked down. Nobody comes in, nobody goes out. It's a little kid. Oh, yeah. Didn't see that, did you? That's right. We're superheroes. Love us. And we are back in the comics again. I would have gone with, like, back in the spandex again or something like that because we're back Ooh, in, like, a superhero. that's a good one. Yeah. Especially because this motherfucker is basically wearing just a spandex suit. That someone makes and mails to his house, so they definitely know who he is. No, I thought about that. I think it was a scuba suit. Yeah, I mean, and that's then what he says it once he, he like, oh, I didn't catch that. And then I, they kind of covered it up. I don't think they meant to, but then once like he goes like on TV or the internet and stuff, then they start selling the kick-ass suits. I saw that. At the yeah. Store, so that kind of covers that up because now everybody can just buy that suit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess after it gets out and it becomes a big sensation, you're right. Anyone, as we find out later, anyone can have that suit, and it, there can be dire consequences. Oh yeah, yeah, super dire. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you know, <laughs> if you're new to the show, I just want to say welcome and uh, you know, lol. Oh, lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah, I sounded very sincere when I said it, and I always mean it. <laughs> well, I do. 
and you know you just gotta you gotta give it and then you get it and then you got it and to some people that's good yeah it's real good and oh it's real it's real it's real good huh you know that's right and i just want to let you guys know once again that this is hashtag cage talk and we're gonna talk about everything nick cage or at least we fucking mean to like i said we're pretty humble here figurani quades so we give you a warning so, you know, like, up until this point, there's really not been any spoilers outside of that trailer, which is kind of like just like a bunch of little spoilers. I'm sorry. If the studio wants to spoil the movie, that's not my fucking fault. This is why I don't watch trailers, though, because I don't need to know about it. I like watching trailers. They get me hyped up. I like watching a trailer after I see the movie because then it doesn't get spoiled for me. Yeah, I kind of feel like they're like, I'm supposed to know this going in. I'm not supposed to know anything. They're trying to sell a movie to me. Well, yeah. I mean, how else do I know about it? I just got to go off the name. And I just wait for it to fucking come out. Or when critics and shit talk about it beforehand, there's a general air about things. You can figure it out before release day without watching a trailer. If it's going to be something that's up your alley. It's pretty easy to do. I'm just saying, I don't need anything. I don't need any visual spoiler for me. Nothing. You going to show me something that happens in the last like quarter of the movie in a fucking trailer? Go fuck yourself. I don't want to see any of that beforehand. Well, here's here's the line right here, right? We're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie, potentially. After this little warning right here, it's going to be three seconds counting down from three. And you know that's right. Is it on me again this time or either you want to spoil it? I'm going to count it down and either of you can spoil it. It won't be me because I obviously do awful on the spot. Well, I, oh, I, lo- I love it when you're doing spoilers. It's so funny. I'm going to count it down. Three two one okay so this fucking liar decides he wants to be a superhero and gets his ass beat he gets stabbed a whole bunch of shit fucking happens he ends up meeting up with nick cage who's been training his like maybe 11 year old daughter to be a straight up murderer because he's a straight up murderer after he got put in jail he got framed and his wife died giving birth to his daughter like he's got a fucked up situation well then he gets burned to death while they're trying to kill frank the mob man and his daughter then kills a whole bunch more people to avenge his death and kick ass helps and they win except they set up a sequel for the red mist being the bad guy yeah it was a pretty good breakdown so i mean there's down there's more shit that happens but that's basically it. Well, I mean, that. so this is obviously an action crime comedy movie. You know, a comic booky type of thing. Is this a real comic book? I was going to look that up, and I totally spaced it. I had all week to do it. I don't know, but I think so. We could look it up right now. That's the thing. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, because otherwise we're going to look super foolish. More foolish than usual, usual. This movie's obviously rated R for lots of murder. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess uh, strong, brutal violence throughout is pretty, uh, pretty oh, yeah. on the nose. Oh, yeah. It's based on a comic book. Oh, yeah. Pervasive language, sexual content. They say there's nudity, but I don't necessarily remember there being any nudity. Yeah, I don't recall nudity. They came real close when he was fantasizing about his teacher taking her bra off, but I don't think there was anything. It didn't happen, nor with the girl that he was seeing. Nope. And then there was some drug use, some involving children. And that's when Red Mist is smoking a joint. Oh, yeah, that's right. So this movie debuted, like you said, JT Money, in 2010, April 16th. And it debuted number one, crashing the box office at uh, $19.8 million, destroying its competition. Well, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon was in week four and still almost pulled $20 million. Oh yeah, still almost beat it. Point two million. How to Train That's a it. Dragon. 
It's a good movie. I think I, I saw. I it. think I saw it. No, I think I saw the second. I saw the second one at a drive-in because I was watching the second movie at the drive-in, so I had no context. I didn't see this one. I think I've seen them both. Pretty sure. I don't want to see little kitty dragons. You don't fucking put dragons in a movie. Put fucking dragons in a movie. Uh, number three, uh, Date Night. That's 16. a good movie. 16.7 million. I don't think I've ever seen it. We two, Steve Carell and uh, what's her Tina name? Tina Fey, isn't it? Tina Fey, yeah. Yeah, I think it looks really... I mean, it sounds like a good lineup. It's funny. I think I remember the uh, like the trailer. Honestly, I feel like I watched it a while ago and I don't remember it. So it was probably fine, but it wasn't like... Anything that was memorable. There's nothing that stood out. Like it was probably a great rom com that got me through an evening. I love me some good rom coms though. But number four, Death at a Funeral, sixteen point two million dollars, brand spanking new, just like uh, our movie here, Kick Ass. I don't know what Death at a Funeral is. I think it's the uh, comedy Chris Rock. I think. No, I definitely haven't seen it. Oh yeah, it's Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence. It looks like. Yeah, and there's like a. Whole bunch of other actors that are in Peter it. Dinklage, Tracy Morgan, Zoe Saldana, James Marston, Danny Glover, they all sorts of motherfuckers. No, yeah, it's great. It's a good movie. Never seen it. And then number five, Clash of the Titans for uh, $15.3 million in its third week. I've seen that. I have heard of it. I own it. I've not seen that one. I have not seen it either. I've seen the original too. That's the only one I've seen, yeah. So I take it it's good and you got both copies of it. Movie to pass the evening. I mean, I don't think you'll regret that you watched it, but you're not going to regret. Long? No, probably average length. What's an average length of a movie? Hour and a half. Two hour, hours. Hour forty five. Two hours. Well, that's a big half an hour is a big jump in a film length. Yeah, that's very true. I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies lately, so you're hitting at hours. least two hours there. Oh yeah, two hours is pretty much the average. Most movies I watch probably come in about an hour and forty five. But I like it when they come in at less than that. I like a solid hour and a half. I like an hour and a half. I'll fuck. See, but I'll fuck with a movie that's three hours long too. I don't care. But. So will I. But especially if I'm here at home, I gotta like take a break. Well, it depends on the movie too. For yeah, sure. it depends. I guess on the movie. Oh yeah, if I'm gonna look at the runtime of a movie and it's gonna say three hours, I'm gonna have to really consider like, do I really want to see this? Like Gone with the Wind, an all-time American classic, four-hour runtime. Don't want to watch it. Don't want to watch it. Don't want to watch it. Even if I break it up into four episodes, an hour long. No, thank you. So this movie, it was uh, uh, the movie Kick-Ass. Had an estimated budget of $30 million. I feel like $30 million is pretty low. I thought it would have been higher than that. It seemed like a lot of action and explosions. For $30 million. And all of it still looked pretty good 11 years later. Like, you didn't look at all that and go, ooh, that obvious computer graphics looks like shit. There was some... I think the only thing that was largely that I noticed that wasn't that great was at the end with the jetpack. Oh, yeah. You could kind of tell that the background was fake. Or even when they were standing on top of the building and saying their farewells, like introducing themselves to each other, the background of New York looked fake behind them. Like after he got done flying them, probably because they did it on a Los Angeles soundstage. More than likely. More than likely. It's cheaper than finding that rooftop location in New York and actually shooting it. Much cheaper. That's (laughs) why this movie is shot on $30 million. And it brought back in uh, a lot of money, over $60 million in total profits with it getting four or forty-eight million dollars here stateside and then in all foreign lands another forty-eight million dollars. 
It's pretty good. Yeah, so it uh, brought in the bacon, one would say. You have here on the cage, on the sheet Nicolas Cage makes this movie over $60 million. I think you're under, He did. But I think you're underestimating how much of a box office draw McLovin is at this point in 2010. This was his I movie. think you're underestimating how much of a box office draw Nick Cage is. No, because really no, no, you're right though, because realistically in this cast, it's a whole bunch of especially at the time, like nobodies. There's a few people who've gone on There's to do the, shit. There's the guy who plays uh Frank D'Amico. What's his fucking name? I forget. I mean again, but he's more of a, but he's more of a character actor over the years. He's not like a leading guy type of dude. Yeah. He's a good actor, though. Oh, no doubt about it. This cast is great, but Nicolas Cage is definitely the name in it. This is before Chloe Grace Moretz was a fucking name, because she was still, like, 11 at the time. She was making her name in movies like this. This is where I think the money came from, was people went and saw this movie, right? And I have something written on here twice with a bunch of exclamation points. As people went and saw this movie, and then it went word of mouth. And they're like, you got to check out this movie, Kick-Ass. It's got this fucking hit girl in it, and she is fucking awesome and that's what brought in the money she's a little she just starts murdering people well and that's the thing though she's a little girl who just murders people with no second thought she's got a fucking trucker's mouth and her dad loves it like it's all completely above board in her world and she's badass like not even just murdering people like murdering them in cool stylish fucking ways that's one thing this movie does well is its action and its violence. It's shot well, it's conceived of well, it all looks very good. They do a great job with that. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that, 100%. And so this movie was written by Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn, also directed by Matthew Vaughn. And do you want to tell us some of these main star actors, especially the Big Daddy one? Uh, Yeah, I guess we'll start with Big Daddy, a.k.a. Damon McCready, played by Nicolas Cage. The one true god. I, see, I knew you were going to sneak that in. I wasn't going to fucking say it. <laughs> We've already mentioned Chloe Grace Moritz playing his daughter, Hit Girl slash Mindy McCready. Correct, correct. We got Aaron Johnson is Dave Lewiski, a.k.a. Kick-Ass, the title character. I fucking absolutely love that his first attempt at being an effective superhero, he gets fucking stabbed in the gut. He almost dies. And then he gets hit by a fucking car. Because then they're like, oh, hold on. So there's no, like, superpowers here, but now he's got this weird thing where his skeleton is held together by metal and his nerve endings don't work well anymore. So he can just take all this pain. So then you could move forward in the movie and go, oh, yeah, they gave us this real-world explanation of why this idiot can do this. <laughs> That's the kind of bullshit you love, right, Chuck? You need those explanations. I, I do love it. To me, I look at it and go, well, now I just don't fucking care anymore because you're trying to rationalize this ridiculous... And I know that's the point of kick-ass. Take the superhero thing and bring it into the real world. Make it feasible. I get that's the idea, but that just ruins any of the magic... Well, he even says he's all like, he's all like, man, I look like Wolverine. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a very self-aware movie. They hang out in a fucking comic book shop. Yeah. I thought some of the movie was more to like pick on superhero tropes, which I'll bring up later. It definitely does that. There are a few things where they do that and I wrote them down because, but yeah, I didn't. They didn't need to give me an explanation of him like not being able to feel pain, really. It didn't matter. I think it'd be better if he could feel the pain. Like That would make it even more... I mean, I guess 
he would have had to have given up a lot earlier in some of those fights because he was getting his ass beat. Yeah, and some of those scenes where he gets his ass kicked, it doesn't matter that he couldn't feel pain. If he's getting rocked in the fucking skull, you're still going to get knocked the fuck out at one point. Right. Yeah. You might not feel it, but you'll also be unconscious. And what a great way to get a concussion and not even know it. And then there's the guy who's playing, uh, what was that That guy that you said earlier? Superbad or something? Oh, McLovin? Cri- Christopher Mintz. McLovin. Christopher Mintz Plass, I think he is how you say Captain that. He plays Captain McLovin. Captain McLovin. Yes. That's his character in this movie, right? Captain McLovin from Hawaii? It is, it is. He's also out there spitting the red mist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he turns into the red mist. All is a ploy to catch our boy Kick-Ass, who has been framed initially. he's the son of Frank D'Amico, who is an unnamed actor. Now, like, I know he wasn't a superhero, this being Frank, but I still just refer to him as Mob Man in my notes the whole time. Because it felt weird that everyone else had a fucking nickname and he didn't. Yeah, I just called him Frank. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It just felt weird that I'm calling else Big Daddy, Hit Girl, Kick-Ass. And they all got, they all got pretty boring generic names anyway. So I said, all right, this is Mob Man. Just call him the Lumber King. I love Lumber King. I'll go with that. <laughs> Shrek the Lumber King. I wish that would have been my nickname, JT Lumber King Money. That would have been fucking hilarious. Good work. Just go ahead and edit that into the beginning of the show. Now that's my nickname. Just throw that in there. (laughs) Just go ahead and work your magic. No, 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 no. All right. So now we're going to do a quick little IMDb breakdown. Do you want to do another one of your Creek Chat ones or you want me to do it? No, I hated the Creek Chat one. I never want to do it again. I only did that because it was my pick and I felt like I could step in and make that call. This ain't my pick. This is your fucking god. So, hey, you're the one who insists on calling him the one true god and that every one of his movies is a classics. I'm not the one with the raging hard on for Nicolas Cage. You are. I will interject here, though, and say this is a true Nick Cage classic. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't. You're wrong. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that's going to be said a number of times throughout this episode. I'm not even a Nick Cage mark. All right, here's the IMDb breakdown. Dave Lewiski, he's an unnoticed high school student and a comic book fan who one day decides to become a superhero, even though he has no powers and he's got no training or no meaningful reason to do so at all. Okay, that was one of your worst ever. But I also want to oh, point yeah. out. I also want to it was point terrible. Out, no, but it does, that doesn't matter. I want to point out first <laughs> that this is a great Nicolas Cage performance, Johnny Spade. So, yes, you're right. It's Nicolas Cage's it classic is. performance. This is probably like my favorite performance slash role of his. It's really it's really solid. And I want to point out to you, Chuck, you, know, you look at a name like Dave Lazuski and you decide to say it out loud and there's a Z in it. What makes your brain like not put the Z in it when you say it out loud? Well, what I'm trying to also do an accent that's not No, you fairly... did it. You did it when you said his name in the cast breakdown. Oh, too. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't read. You should have done it in a Polish accent because he's Polish. Lazuski. Chuck, can you do a Polish accent? Lazuski. Perfect. It was better than your Australian. Well, I, I mean, I just... Well, it was one word. It's one word, yeah. one, and I literally just heard Johnny Spade pronounce it. Say Lazuski in an Australian accent. Lazuski. That might be your best Australian accent, yeah. <laughs> We're on fire. Let's leave it at that. Let's, let's plow forward. 
All right, so this movie starts off pretty fucking crazy with a guy jumping off like the top of like a skyscraper in a city and like these people are just like fucking cheering at the like street level. Well, you've got the voiceover at the same time and if you've never seen it before, you're led to believe that like the person who's standing on top of this building is doing the voiceover at the same time talking about why they became a superhero so you're like oh shit okay who's this fucking dude with wings and so he's just like like falling for a better lack of a better word and he just crashes into a taxi dead and everybody just starts kind of freaking out the taxi's license plate is kick-ass yeah and then they cut to more of uh just kind of backstory stuff for the main character dave and how he's kind of unnoticed like showing us like the girl he's got a crush on who he ends up like conning he ends up absolutely conning gaslights her into thinking that he's gay she's led to believe it through a rumor he just leans into it so he can rub self tanner on her and lay in bed next to her the whole time she's thinking this is just her gay best friend he's over there trying to fucking tuck his boner up into his pants so i was gonna say like isn't it kind of like obvious when the guy's like rock fucking hard and be like she's like Hmm, I thought he was gay, yet he's rubbing me and his dick is fucking rock hard. No, see, he must have done a good job of hiding it or she did a good job of ignoring it. One of the two. <laughs> but when he ends up, like, coming clean about it, she's like, oh, no, that's fine. Why don't you just fuck me right now? <laughs> she's all like, I'll just ignore that. By, like, the next before, day, they're fucking in an alley. They fucking in an alley <laughs> in this movie. No problem. Before he came clean, though, I said this to Chucky e. B while we are watching it. I'm like... This is a George Costanza conundrum right here. Absolutely. Good call. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was. It, it is 100% a good call. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy. They do fucking an alley. Because I was also asking, like, is that sexual assault or something? If you lead a girl on to believe that you're gay and you, like, rub her down in that sort of scenario? Conceptual? Could there be legal ramifications from that? Dude, people don't get charged guilty for actually raping women. So I doubt you're going to get any sort of repercussions for rubbing their back. No. I, I I would hope, but... Conceptually, yes, absolutely it is. In practice, I don't think you'd get anywhere if you tried to take that to court. So this kid decides kind of out of the blue, right? Like he's, he's what? At eating food with his friends at some diner? I'm not going to say it's out of the blue because they've been mugged multiple times in the past is the way that they play it out. They get mugged again by these dudes who end up knifing him in the gut later. It's just this idea that had been marinating in his brain for a while that he finally said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Well, yeah, it stemmed from that guy watching them get mugged. Right. And he was like, he didn't even do anything. But even then, like, we were talking about if you actually saw something like that happen, because he brings it up, he's like, what would you do if you saw something like, like some, uh, saw someone getting mugged? Like, if you, if I was looking at somebody from a window right there, without hearing what they're saying, without any context, it's just four people standing there. Like, they handed over money. Hey, maybe that you owed that dude money. Like... Yeah, how how do I know that you guys aren't just, like, friends? Unless I think that's what I do, is I just look out the window. Well, because, yeah, I think the way that situation went down, there wasn't, like, a visible knife or a gun or anything. And realistically, you had three dudes standing with two dudes. So I'm going to think, like, the three dudes had the advantage in this situation to begin with. So, I mean, I know they're, they're, they're nodding to the, I think it's the Kitty Genovese story, where, like, she got murdered and people were just there and they closed their windows and ignored it or whatever it was. Yeah. But this situation is just, you're right, you guys 
guys, it makes sense that it doesn't make any fucking sense how this guy could have just been like, yeah, he owed this. These three dudes owed these two dudes money. What business is it of fucking mine? And really, I mean, like, if he's constantly looking out that window, then he's repeatedly seeing these two guys commit Yeah, because it's in the same parking lot that Kick-Ass finds them breaking into that car later. Which, again, if if you're just, like, kids, why the fuck do you continue to go this way? I don't know, man. You know you're going to get mugged. Maybe you get mugged anywhere you go. I mean, like, but they know they're going to get mugged this way. Why not try to take... Maybe them? they've been mugged multiple times. Maybe they got mugged the other ways before. These guys are just magic mug genies. Plus how just... much money are you getting off of high school kids? Yeah. Like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Less than 20. They, they broke their 20 to buy a couple comics. So, I don't know, 850 Oh, but then they, you know, give the comics up too. Did they give up comics? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't they notice said we got that. Comics. Yeah. He's like, he's like, well, shit, we'll take what's in the bag too. And he's like, dude, it's just some comic books. He's like, did I ask what what it was? <laughs> also, our, the Office connection. I'm calling this. Yeah, Dwight Jr. from the later seasons of The Office, and the other kid was Michael Scott's nephew, Evan Peters, and Clark Duke are their names. His name was Clark. Well, that's his real name. Oh, really? Yep. I think it's. It might have been in the show, too, but it definitely is it his was, real It name. was Clark in the show. Who got down with Jan. Yeah. Oh, Clark, yeah. Clark Duke. Also from Hot Tub Time Machine, around the same oh, time yeah. frame. I love that movie, too. I haven't seen it probably since it came out. I don't remember. It's still good. So then Homeboy is like, right? He just orders the shit off of Amazon. Either that or Etsy. He orders it from somewhere, and apparently it's a scuba suit that gets just dropped off at his house, and he's loving it. Yeah, he's loving the scuba suit, doing, like, I don't know, practicing in his bedroom. And then, boom, bam, slice, we cut over to Nick Cage shooting his daughter in the chest with a gun. Yeah, like just training. Here we are. We're just, boom, in this fucking, like, I don't even know what that is, a waterway or something. Same sort of thing they do the car races and grease in. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, his backyard. Was it his backyard? I don't think it was his backyard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's just some area where they're training. Yeah, they're just, they make it very, it seems very normal that these two just do these sort of things with each other. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird. But... Oh, it's very weird. I'm not saying it's not awesome to watch, but you think about this being a real thing, that's a fucked up thing to do to a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's basically a child soldier. 100%. Absolutely. I do like his partner, because we find out that uh, Nick Cage's character, Big Daddy, was a cop. And his partner, like, raised her from, like, the age of, like, to the age of, what, like, five? Something like that. Because he said he was in prison for five years after his daughter died. I don't know how long he was in before that. It would probably would have been, yeah, around a total of five if she was pregnant before he went in. Maybe close to six. Either way. Well, he ends up with her at the end of the movie, too. So that's good. Marcus, I think his name was. Yeah, Marcus. Well, he's the he's and, the one person like because he's still a cop and he knows every other fucking cop there is dirty, but he's the only one also who knows Big Daddy's secret because that's his boy. Yeah. Well, I mean they're they're partners. So after this like little sweet training session, we get that first interaction that you were talking about where Kick Ass is like, and like I like how they did that too, where it's like he goes in there, confronts those two guys that mugged him a bunch of times, and then the like. He gets stabbed and hit by a fucking car. Like, oh, and again, it's part of how the action in this is good because they never, at any point in this movie, make him look like he learned how to fight. He always looks awkward. He always looks weird. He always looks like because the the showdown between him and Red Mist at the end is two totally uncoordinated doofuses just whacking each other with sticks, basically. <laughs> like that's so funny. It worked too, though. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. It works perfectly because at no point would it have made sense for either of them to have learned how to be good fighters. And they explain why 
Mob Man is a good fighter by showing him training yeah. earlier. So, you know, when he's fighting Hit Girl later, it's not weird that he knows how to fucking, like, super kick her in the head. Yeah. All that was very thoughtful and very well thought out. Like, he did a good job with that kind of shit. This point in time, the rumor comes out that Dave is gay. And it also kind of coincides with his dad asking him if he was, like, assaulted. I know. See, that's the thing. Like, it, this is part of my problem with this movie is it's 2010 and we're still calling things gay. We're still dropping hard R's. Like, it's all just very weird that that's still... I guess I didn't realize it was still... No, no. They were actually, like... I didn't, I didn't think they were calling anything gay. They were saying... No, like, again, the way they, but the way he was, but gay. the way that they, no, but uh, Hit Girl calls something. No, 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 it's Clark Duke who calls something gay at some point, like in a in the way that oh, you showed him. I didn't him. even catch it. I caught it. it was one time, but even the whole angle of him pretending to be gay so that he can get with her and it just working like a fucking charm is weird and not. Yeah, that shouldn't. Not a work. good storyline at all. Like it, it's. I don't know, that kind of put me off a little bit on it, but he's out for, like, he months. He was, like, digging himself deeper and deeper and deeper. I think he's out of school for, like, months, and that's when this rumor comes up, and the reason they think he's gay is because he got stabbed by muggers. And he was naked. Because, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He was naked. Yeah, and he's, like, he tells his dad, he's, like, he's, like, no, nah, dude, like, my clothes were covered in blood. They just threw him Well, away. again, there's another person, a paramedic, that knows who the fuck he is, and he convinced them to just say nothing about the suit. But that's at least one person who knows who fucking kick-ass is. Because that's before... Oh, dude, it's just some kid. That's before all the media shit. You know what I mean? No one else yeah. would have known who kick-ass was besides this paramedic and the two dudes who beat the fuck out of him who don't know who he is. They just know he exists. Well, plus, like, when he first got the suit, he was out in that alley trying to, like, practice jumping and running up walls. I'm like, why are you wearing the suit now? Like, right. Well, they also do the thing, and it comes back multiple times in the movie, where he's going to try and jump from building to building. A classic superhero yeah. move, and it just never works out for him. He never really fully attempts to do it. No, he's too scared. Because he couldn't do it. He could barely jump, like, a foot and a half. He was trying to jump from, like, one side of the alley to a tire he'd put in the middle of it. And he couldn't even get close to it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. The second time that he tries to fight, though, is what leads to that viral video. Well, yeah, he's just like trying to find this cat that he sees up on this billboard. And as he's falling off of the billboard, because he's such a dumbass, he falls on this guy that these three other dudes were chasing. And then they proceed to beat the shit out of him. The kick-ass is like, whoa, 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 what's going on? So he starts fighting these motherfuckers. And everyone inside starts looking at it, and then he gets millions and millions of views on the internet. Because yeah, he tells some kid that's like watching the this happen, he's like, "Dude, go call nine one one." And then so like, I presume he calls nine one one. Well, just being nitpicky about this scene, there's three. There's he has no context to what's going on. It's right. just three dudes chasing down one dude. Like he doesn't know why. Maybe yeah. that dude's the piece of shit, and they're fucking trying to fuck him up for like raping the dude's sister or something. Like you don't, he doesn't. know. But they're giving us this movie, and again, it's just this movie playing in certain stereotypes. Those guys are supposed to be the bad guys. They got tattoos. They got switchblades. Like they look like who would be the bad guys in that situation. The other guy, we don't see any visible tattoos. He's wearing like a members only jacket. Like you're right, he could be the bad guy, but we're supposed to believe he's not the bad well, guy. Yeah, it doesn't detract from the movie or to the movie or. From the movie. No, I, I, but but I thought the same. It's just things I think. I'm like, oh, how do you know? No, I thought the exact same thing when I was watching it. And it, not to say it detracted big time, but it was also just like, you don't know what you're getting in the middle of here. But I guess as a good guy, you would stop a three-on-one beating no matter what. Well, and it sets up his little speech 
that it gives at the end, like three guys taking on one dude. Like, yeah. Now, before all of this happens, we've already been introduced to the Diamicos, Frank and Chris, I think it is, right? Red Mist and Mob Man. We find out, we see the kid get out of the limo at the comic shop, and everyone's like, ooh, look at the rich guy, and fucking Dave walks up and tries to befriend him, but security steps in, and he's like, fuck off. So like, we know that this is like an untouchable rich guy, or whatever. Then we find out his dad is a big mob man by the scene where someone lost his coke. And the guy's saying it was a superhero, but Frank's like, am I supposed to believe it was a motherfucking superhero, or am I supposed to believe you're just ripping me off? Yeah, they look like Batman. Batman. They look like Batman. And then he ends up, we find out he's his dad because he's going to the movies with with the kid or whatever. So we know that connection exists. The, The young billionaire son is, or millionaire son, is the fucking, the bad guy, basically. Yeah. And so I, I did mention to Johnny Spade when we were watching the movie, I was like, I was like, so why would you even pretend to be gay in this situation? Because he could squash that rumor immediately. Because he doesn't believe she would hang out with him if he revealed that he wasn't. Like that would be the reason that he would give is like, you know. I don't have the self-confidence, but since I'm gay and she doesn't think I'm a threat, it makes it easier on me to just hang out. And then someday I can reveal the truth and she'll love me, which is exactly what fucking happens. Yeah, but that's like... It's not like I understand why it does it, but yeah, real life, like I'm not going to let somebody think I'm a sexual orientation that I'm not. Yeah. No, it's a fucking... It doesn't work for anyone involved. No, without any, some sort of shitty manipulation going on, which what's the point of being involved in any of that? Like, it's just weird. And the way they handle it is just being a thing that's totally cool makes it super weird. And I'm supposed to... That's the thing. And he's supposed to be, like, the hero of this movie. And he just fucking lies for, like, three quarters of it. And yes, pretending to be a superhero is a big lie, too. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think the pretending to be a superhero, or not pretending, but lying about being a superhero lie is a little bit easier to to deal with once you've been lied about whether or not... It's not hurting anyone but himself. That's why that lie is fine. Like, I don't give a shit if you want to go get beat up and not let anyone know about it. That's fucking cool. Like, I get that. But it's at this point, he gets way in over his head. Because Katie tells him about her ex-boyfriend. That's the girl that he's lying to. And he's like, alright, I'm gonna go show up at this guy's crib. Because she works like a needle exchange, or volunteers a needle exchange or something. And she started dating some fucking, like, drug dealer because of it. It's real weird how that... No, yeah, I, I didn't get how that worked. Especially when, like, they go to see this guy, and he's, like... 25 at least, and I'm going to say much I older than that. I would say he's in his, like, 30s. Yeah, so she works, She volunteers at a needle exchange, so she ends up as a high schooler dating a mid-30s drug dealer? What the fuck is going on here? It's just that was weird. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. It did, didn't seem like it would line up correctly. But anyway, he shows up, and he's like, Yo, I'm here to tell you to leave Katie alone. Actually, that's uh, me trying to put on a voice is bullshit. It's not like they even made him do like the Dark Knight thing where he tried to mask his voice. He talked like a high-pitched high schooler. It was really funny. Well, even this isn't like a superhero thing to do. Mm-mm. Like, they go show up to this dude's house and tell him to leave me alone. And then he's like, the dude's like, well, what if I don't? It's like, or else I'll come back and break your legs. Like, what are you, fucking enforcer? But like, then the, the bad guy does the natural thing. He stands up and he's like, well, I'm here right now if you want to break my legs. I don't know why I got to come back later. Well, that's when they're about to fucking oh, stab him. I want to give you the opportunity to not do it. Well, he's about to get stabbed to death when all of a sudden he gets stabbed to death. And we don't see what happened, but there's just a blade coming through the middle of his body. Oh, and then we do find out what happens. It was Hit Girl fucking about to kill everyone. I forgot how much just blatant murder was in this movie. And 
it was a little bit shocking at first. So I was like, oh, that's right. But when she got and she killed the chick in the red dress, I was like, why did you need to kill her? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was murder. Like, <laughs> the other ones you could argue was self-defense, but that was murder. That was straight up What, murder. because she broke the bottle on the edge of the and table she was trying to fear. run. She was trying to get out of the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Yeah, she was trying to escape. But again, that's the thing. She's working for a deranged revenge-centric fucking vigilante who has trained her to be this since the age of five. To her, that's not murder either. She's part of the bad guys. So she's it's okay to kill her. In her mind, that's just part of the deal. In this movie, what we saw, I did not count, but how many murders do you think hit girl accumulated 25 minimum because that final boss mm-hmm. scene no was a lot it might be less because i was counting the, the the lumber warehouse but she didn't do any of that it was at least 10 well she kills because there's like well she kills how many guys are in well, in this scene how many guys are in this i think scene? like four or five? four dudes and then the woman she kills at least four guys in the lobby when she gets into the penthouse later she kills gotta be at least 10 more in there so we're we're gonna say conservatively 20 people she murders in this movie i get on board with that number and then kick-ass becomes a murderer later on because well, yeah. up until that point in the movie he really did nothing but he didn't even accept himself as a superhero until he murdered somebody then he was like yeah now i'm doing this right he's like he flew that jetpack with fucking confidence after he murdered somebody. oh yeah and he murdered them like and didn't feel anything about it like yeah i would think if you murdered somebody at least the first time you're gonna be like holy fuck like I, I, maybe part of it is what he'd been through so far especially being tied up to that chair and beaten and shit like these guys were nothing more than people who were trying to kill him so it's okay to kill I mean, it's them. a movie, right. too, oh, and they're not yeah. probably trying to get that part across. Oh, it was definitely a movie. <laughs> so, in this third interaction where Hit Girl and Big Daddy show up on the scene, they just kind of push the point further that Kick-Ass really has no experience or really uh, shouldn't even be doing this. And he's basically like, yeah, um, maybe you're right. And they tell him, here's the deal. If you're ever going to like, st- that you need help, if you're getting involved in this shit, just go to your website and change your status to like, I'm on vacation and we'll know that you'll need some fucking help. So that's going to come back later, of course. After they point out to him how he was a dumbass for starting a MySpace and they could find him from his IP address. I think the first thing Big Daddy says is like, yeah, you were really easy to find, so I rerouted your IP address. Yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> he's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, how did you not think about that? Because he's an idiot? Yeah, should have been getting a VPN. Because that's like the exact reasoning to having one of those, right? Do we have a VPN sponsor? <laughs> Do we have a VPN sponsor? I use NordVPN. I don't know. I mean, I know they don't sponsor us. Yeah, look it up, Nord. If you're listening, fuck it up. So it's at this point we find out about the partner and the setup and all that. And they do yeah. it in a really cool way with like this 3D animation comic book style. Yeah, it's like a, it's like just like basically like a comic book backstory. I didn't particularly love the animation that they showed when they went inside of the comic. But the shit they were using like up on the walls that Nick Cage was supposedly drawing as his character. I really like that artwork a lot. Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage. Great artist. In Kick-Ass. You mean that whatever McCready is a great artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Played by Nicolas Cage. 
Damon McCready. What did you call him? David McCready? Damon. Damon. No, no. What did you initially call him before you said I think Damon. I said something. I didn't put a name in there. Uh, then that's when we got uh, Frank Damico being like, we need to kill this fucking kick ass. Well, word gets back to him that apparently this Russian guy, or no, no, the guy that they killed, Frank, he was getting all this information that basically kick asses the motherfucker who's been fucking his shit up. It's wrong information, but that's what he's led to believe. So it was like, we need to kill him. Well, because they say they they keep referencing some sort of like Batman and then he's all like, all right, these guys are idiots. Maybe they mean this kick-ass guy that we see on the news. Well, he sees kick-ass on the street. He fucking traps him in an alley, beats his ass, shoots an onlooker, and then shoots kick-ass in the head. Or at least... Oh, yeah. That's, very blatantly in public. Yeah, that's what we're led to believe, at least. Two very quick murders. Then we find out that we had already been kind of known that like we had the knowledge that someone could anyone could buy this costume, right? Because it's at the comic book shop. You could no. just go buy yourself a wetsuit anyhow. Now to be fair, that's the thing, yeah. This guy's costume looked way better than the ones they showed in the costume shop. Like the ones in the costume shop were real cheap spandex. The one that this guy was wearing that got murdered but wasn't kick ass looked like it was the same thing as the scuba suit that was made out of whatever material that yeah, is. Yeah, it looked like he was wearing like the exact same suit. This also reminded me of Spider Man. He was walking down the street fucking high fiving people. That's a good call. I didn't think about that. And uh, that's when we find out that it was an imposter kick ass. Just going to do a kid's birthday party as kick ass. That's how popular kick ass became very quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, that, vi- that video went viral and it just didn't. Stop. So then we see later Katie's talking to fucking Dave and she's freaking out because she found out that Razul got murdered. That was her boyfriend that Hit Girl murdered earlier. And she's like, I don't know, man. Like I said, yeah. I sent a message to this fucking kick ass guy. Like he probably murdered him. I should go to the cops with this. And Dave's like, oh, hold up, girl. I really don't think you should go to the police. It's not that big of a deal. It probably wasn't kick ass. And he's like, he probably didn't even read the email yet. So yeah, don't worry about it, man. Like it's cool. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I should just let this fucking unsolved murder. Any thoughts I have about it, I should keep it away from the police. I should just keep it to myself and everything will be fine. So now fucking mob man is freaking the fuck out. He's like, shit, I didn't even get the right guy. He's fucking all my shit up. What's going on? And so his son comes in. He's like, I got an idea, bro. I've been reading comic books my whole life. I know how to treat this shit. I need to infiltrate kick asses, confidence, confidence. And I need to get up in there and be his boy. And we need to hang out and then we can bring him down. Yeah, and because he's like been trying to figure out a way to get into his dad's business. He's like, come on, man. Like, I'm almost 18. You got to let me no, be getting into no, the family business. He didn't say I'm almost 18. He said I'm eight months away from being 18. <laughs> uh, so he really wants to be uh, like a mob villain. Oh, he, he wants it so bad. And so his dad's all like, all right, all right. Because he like his dad like breaks out some cocaine and is doing some like doing some cocaine on the desk. And his, like, number one is all like, you're back on the powder. And then the kid comes through the door and he's all like, trying to cover it up. And he's like, hey, this is what I need. We can take him down. We fuck some dude over. Fuck Tony. Fuck Tony. <laughs> That's right. They fuck Tony here. 
Well, and then the Red Mist becomes this fucking superhero, too. Yeah, so they can set up Red Mist becoming a superhero. Well, he's over. He's popular as hell because he sends a message to Kick-Ass. They end up meeting up and getting together, and they're cruising around in this Kick-Ass Mistmobile, and people are just pointing at him in a car, waving, loving him, like, oh, shit, it's Red Mist and Kick-Ass right now? Are you kidding me? Like, they're boys. It's like the Avengers are pulling up in this motherfucker. Yeah, and then yeah. coming to their meeting when he met up with Red Mist for the first time, going back to when I said they were picking on some superhero tropes when he meets him in that alleyway and he sees him and he's like uh he's like kick ass and then kick ass does like the superhero pose where he like makes his hand with fists and puts him on his side and he's like yeah he's like red mist and then red mist does the same thing i i learned this from the oc that's called standing akimbo i thought of the word when i was watching i thought of the word akimbo but i wasn't sure if it fit this context or not it apparently does because she's standing that way when he's drawing her as a superhero oc baby yeah 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 yeah. you can bring the oc back to anything so anyway basically or at least to kick ass red mist texts his boys well he tells he tells kick ass yo this girl messaged me she's been getting stalked i got her address let's go check it out and kick ass is like yeah yeah that sounds good let's do that well, I mean, he's also telling a girl that he's gay so he can rub lotion. I'm on not him. even like worried about that they're gonna go <laughs> stalk her to stop a stalker. Like, I'm that's cool. At least they're not actually like stalking to do anything to her, as far as we know. But that's the premise to get him back to the lumber warehouse, which is full of guys who are supposed to be ready to capture Kick Ass so that Frank can come murder him. My question is this, right? When they get to the lumber house. It's on fire. It's very on fire. Red Mist is understandably upset, and he runs off into the Ablaze warehouse. What are the plans to get Kick-Ass to go into the warehouse if it's not on fire? They're just going to capture him, tie him to a chair like Frank earlier, maybe even put his finger inside of the little fucking thing that'll no, chop no, it no, off. No, 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 What... How is Red Mist going to get him to go in there? Oh, who cares? He'd be able to get him to go in there. I mean, I don't know. I don't really think about it, but I don't think it'd be that difficult. It wouldn't be because Dave's an idiot. That's what I'm saying. He'd be like, oh, cool. Like, we're friends now. So, yeah, like, you're another superhero. You're catching bad guys. Why wouldn't I trust you? Maybe he's like, hold on. I got this other email about some shit going on in this warehouse. Maybe we should go in here first. And Kick-Ass would be like, yeah, I'm here to fight crime. Cool, cool, cool. There's fucking crime in there. Let's go. Cool, cool, cool. Like, at this point... Too, like wouldn't he try to get better weapons like like he's been fucked up multiple times like almost died wouldn't he try to like all right i gotta figure out a way to like reinforce this fucking suit he's an idiot and he ain't got money he's yeah. not fucking bruce wayne no yeah I, it doesn't necessarily have to be though like you just get something a little it's bit no it's why he should have fucking taken up the apprenticeship with big daddy and hit girl because they're loaded with fucking cash money because they just take it they yeah. take it from the people they kill yeah they murder for money she said she had three million dollars in a bag at the end of the movie i wrote that down earlier when they like were searching on the internet for something to buy and it was like three hundred thousand dollars i was like where does he get that money and then later on, I was like, oh, they probably take it from the fucking mobsters that they kill. Well, in the scene in yeah. the scene where she first appears and murders like Razul and his crew, they show her loading up that bag. Yeah, with just I remember stacks that. Stacks yeah. of fucking cash, dude. All sorts of bands. And another thing, like when this, did anyone notice if there was like sprinklers or anything going off in this lumber warehouse that's on fire? I don't think there were. I didn't notice any going off. I don't think there were. That's weird. Just as like my job is very safety minded. So a place that stores fucking lumber, 
you would think they would have all kinds of fire suppression systems. I know it's ridiculous because if you want it to be a good front, you want to keep all that shit above board. But it is a mob front for sure. So maybe they were just like, I don't give a fuck. And no one, we're paying off the safety inspectors. No one's coming here and giving a shit if this is safe. And I don't have to spend money putting this goddamn sprinkler system in there. Fuck it. I could see that being, you know what I mean? Maybe they want that. Yeah. That's just me thinking too hard. Like, I don't need to rationalize it. Well, that's probably me thinking too hard, too. Like, where's the I feel like if you're going to have a fake, like, if you're going to have a front business, why not make it real? Like, because there was obviously product in there and stuff like that. But you buy one round of lumber to sit in your warehouse, and then it sits in your warehouse, and then you don't do anything. It just sits there. It's just a cover. It's where you you bring people to torture them, to keep them when they're kidnapped, do all that shit, like... It's a legitimate front in a way that you don't use it to actually do a business. You use it to do your crimes. And they murdered that dude in that fucking microwave. What the fuck was that? <laughs> dude, it was only 30 seconds to kill that guy. Well, the first, they tell the guy, he's like, yeah, just turn it on. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this like a regular microwave? And the other guy's, I don't give a fuck. Just turn it on already. He's like, yeah, I was uh, set up for five minutes. 30 seconds later, guy explodes. He turns into, like, Strawberry jelly. Yep. 100% strawberry jelly. I tasted it. Okay. All right. How was it being on set? Oh, uh, it's fun. Everybody was really nice. <laughs> so at this okay, point, so- well, at this point, the Red Mist shows up back at home. And he's like, yo, dad, this fucking kick-ass dude, he's just some geek. Don't worry about him. Let me show you this footage that I got from this nanny cam, hidden cam teddy bear that you implanted to spy on my babysitter when I was younger. But I used to catch Big Daddy in action. So I think it's before this. There in shit, it might have even been after this. I don't remember which. But there's a phone conversation in which someone says, I care for you a lot. And then the other person answers with, I also care for you a lot. And then they just hang up. Like I'm hung up, I think, especially on T V and movie phone conversations. I think it was after this scene. But, because yeah. they never seem to fucking work. It's a matter of you know people say hello and people say goodbye and people don't waste the time in the show. Say what you need to say on the phone call and then just hang it up. It's not natural, but it saves whatever amount of time to do something else in your episode. You don't need to waste time with hellos and goodbyes. I guess it just doesn't seem right, and I notice it every time that it's done. I don't think it's. I just I look at it for the reason I just said. Like I know that I, you don't need to say goodbye. I know you're gonna say goodbye. You can just cut it. Just hang up the fucking phone. It's fine. I mean, I I understand. I guess it's just I can't help but get hung up on. See, all right, I could understand getting hung up on the sprinkler system. All right, but getting hung up on the phone call, I that's a little too much for me. I just, I get hung up on stuff. No, I know, but that's, it's always the weirdest shit, too, though. It's shit that I don't get hung up on. And I guess that's the difference between you and I, but I can never wrap my head around some of the shit you wrap your head around. Well, wouldn't you be confused if the call just ended like that? Be like, did I just get no, a drop call? No, in, like, in real life, you're right. <laughs> but I've just seen enough movies and TV shows and everything that they do that in, like, my entire fucking life. It's just, that's how you do phone calls in movies, for the most part. Yeah. I, like, I, I totally buy your explanation. I just don't like it. I think we all understand. How much are you buying it? We all understand. What? So how much are you paying for it? If Zero dollars. Zero dollars. That's not buying anything. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I buy into it without paying money. Okay, so here. I buy into it with confidence. Here's where we get to the reveal where Dave tells Katie he's really a straight dude. 
who wants to touch her in sexual ways. But before we get to that, he just shows up in her window, dressed as kick-ass. Which, she's in front of the mirror, like, doing her hair or something. And as he you know, walks in the window, you can see, as the view, viewer, you see him in the mirror. Oh, yeah. But she's too fixated on her hair. It's like a movie from the 1930s where every No, woman, she would have noticed. She would have noticed. I agree with you in real life, but this isn't real life. This is kick-ass. But she's just sitting around combing. Maybe it was just a shitty camera angle where we could see it, but she could Well, when but she does. I digress. When he, I digress. <laughs> when he goes, yo, what's up, girl? It's me. She gets up and hairsprays him with fucking eyes, starts beating him with a tennis racket, and then she's about to beat him with a baseball bat. And that's when he takes his and mask. And he rips off his mask. And he's like, yo, girl, it's just me, and I'm not. And she's gay. all like, why are you dressed like kick ass? And he's like, I'm not dressed like kick ass. I am kick ass. Which, as we come up to this scene, he explains that Peter Parker doesn't get the girl super, or Spider-Man gets the girl. Mm-hmm. Well, he makes a couple of references to Spider-Man, or more than a couple, because later when he gets the jetpack, he's like, with no res- or with no power comes no responsibility. No respons- well, that's not entirely true. Like he, They definitely use Spider-Man as a reference point. Well, there's another ass. little things on this that remind me of Spider-Man from like video games. In one of the Spider-Man video games, he has an app, so people could fucking hit him up on his phone while he's swinging around that there's crime going on and that's what his MySpace thing reminds okay, me Okay, alright. Well, basically, he comes clean. She gets mad at first, but then before he leaves, she's like, well, actually, you can stay if you want. And he's like, oh, yeah, like old times? And she's like, oh, no, not like old times, buddy. I'm about she's to like, suck like, dick. no, you're gonna grope the shit out of me. And then, yeah, it just goes from there. Which no, also super into it. Which also led up, or, or led up to this was earlier, she said, I wish you weren't gay or basically said she wished she wasn't gay which i was like kind of was just thinking about maybe she was gonna say that well it works out because it cuts from there to them like hold on we freeze okay i'm gonna mm. jt bad connection money yeah i'm loving it it's good <laughs> i did but then i forgot i remember where he just got done yeah. confessing himself and we're right, now right. we're to the point where he uncustans it himself. Yes, he uncustans it himself. So this is where he's like, he's like, dude, I, he's like, I got a girlfriend now, so I don't really even check my fucking kick-ass MySpace anymore. He says it's been a week since he checked it. And so he, he goes on there and it's just like getting blown up by Red Mist. He's all like, dude, we need to fucking meet like now, motherfucker. So he does. He meets up with him and he's like, bro, these motherfuckers think that we burn that place down. They're going to come kill us and shit. Like you said there were other superheroes you knew. Can you reach out to them? And like, can they help us out? And kick ass like the dumb motherfucker he is is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just fucking put you on the scent of my boy real quick at his secret hideout. Put that shit in the GPS. Yeah, here's a secret hideout right up in there. I'm going to put my vacation message up so he knows I'm coming. Now, to be fair. At this point, Big Daddy's old partner has come to him and said, they know about you. They're coming for you, dude. So Big Daddy has... Yeah. He may not know how they're coming for him, but he knows that they're aware of his existence. So he's prepared, as well as he can be, at least. But he also, at this point, thinks that Kick-Ass is on the level, which he pretty much is. So he trusts him to come to his uh, safe house B location. Did he mention anything about Red Mist coming with, though? Big Daddy might not have known. I assume he did, but maybe I don't think they showed it in the one... They didn't seem surprised. 
surprised by him. No, though. he didn't. Not at all. But as soon as Red Mist walks in the room, he fucking pops two or three and hit girl and she falls out the window. No, these other goons come in and they fucking tase Big Daddy, throw him in a van, and then they take fucking kick-ass too. But Red Mist is like, no, nah, that's my boy, dude. You gotta let yeah, him. Yeah, Red Mist is kind of freaking out. He's like, dude, that's my boy. He's good. He's with me. All right, we work for your dad, not you. And also, Red Mist, like, you're the bad guy. You can't have a boy like that. You can't have a guy who's working on the right side of the law. He's not going to come to you. Well, the quote-unquote right side of the law. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Enforcer Boy is like, oh, I'm going to take this bazooka. That's right. He did. Yeah, the guy who's been like the bodyguard the whole movie snags. Well, okay, we haven't even touched on this. I always wanted one of these. At that fucking safe house, there is dozens of guns and probably more we don't even oh, see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and it's just like at their regular house, too, where it's just guns on guns on guns on guns on guns. It's like instead of wallpaper, it's gun paper, but they're real guns. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, Red Mist gets back to his daddy and he's like, you weren't supposed to hurt my boy, daddy. And dad's like, listen, you dumb motherfucker. If you want to take over my business... He needs to be made a fucking example of. So sit the fuck down and watch this shit, you little punk. He's all like, he's like, nobody knows who the fuck Big Daddy is. They're like, everybody knows who Kickass is. So they both are gonna die. And yeah, it kind of sucks that your boy Kickass. He's gonna pay for the sins of uh, one Big Daddy. But that's just the breaks in this uh, game of being a mafioso. Uh, drug crime war. in this world that's the right call kill the fucking superhero on live tv until it gets cut and then keep it rolling on the internet but if you, you gotta fucking make a statement if you're the bad yeah, guy you can live stream that shit on, on myspace yo so next superhero trope as they're at the his boys are at the comic book store with the girlfriend's girl yeah yeah watching this watching this stream and the one friend looks around and he's like where's dave and he's about to piece it together that Dave is fucking kick-ass. But then the girl goes, oh, she's with Katie, or whatever her name is. And he's like, oh. And I was like, doesn't he, there's another fucking little thing they're picking out about superhero movies. Doesn't he even start to like ask the question or like make a statement like, haven't you noticed that? And then she cuts him off? Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah, he's all like, where's Dave? Haven't you noticed? And she's all like, yo, he's obviously with Katie Fuck it, some alley. So he sits, he sits his boy down to watch what we all now get to see, and we're, this is where we get these cuts to all these different people all over the city watching Big Daddy and Kick Ass tied to these chairs, getting hit with fucking brass knucks, getting hit with baseball bats, getting hit with Knuckle batons. And they're, they're dumping gasoline on the floor, and they're about to set these motherfuckers on fire. The newscast is cut at this point. Everyone has left wherever they were at watching a TV, and they found a way to watch this on the internet. Like they're showing every yeah. everyone in the city is invested in this potential murder. Everybody in the world. They're also at this point, he's been doing the <laughs> Kickass has been doing this voiceover the whole time. So he yeah. points out that we know he's not going to die here, and he says, "Quit being a smartass." But he brings up. A couple movies. No, he doesn't say, I'm not going to die here. He says, you're an idiot if you think that I can't die here. Here are a bunch of examples. I said, quit being a... That's what he's saying. Don't don't be smart enough to think that I'm going to survive this because you think everyone survived these things. Here's a bunch of... Don't be a smart mark. Here's a bunch of examples. But he brings up a couple movies. He brings those up as examples of why you shouldn't assume he's going to survive because here's movies where the characters died or were already dead. I could just Google this. 
but I could just Google this. He brings up Sunset Boulevard that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I have. And does anybody know what that movie is and if I should watch it? Or... I, I love Sunset Boulevard, and the guy who does the voiceover for the whole movie has been fucking... Well, he's dead. By the time you get to the end of the movie, you find out he's telling you a story after he's already dead, basically. Is that really like a big spoiler where if I watch the movie, I'm like, oh, there's no point in watching this? Depends on if you like black and white movies from like the other movies he brought up i've seen i've seen sin city and he brought up another one but i mean i don't i'd recommend watching it i don't know if knowing that ahead of time will ruin it for you but i knew it going in and i still like it yeah i don't think i've ever seen it either way yeah know for me if i just wait a week i won't even remember that oh i'll probably remember that yeah it's pretty much a big part of it it's not the only thing but it's a big thing well either way he's telling us hey idiot i could die here but he doesn't Big Daddy fucking dies here, but he doesn't. Uh, I don't even know if Big Daddy is necessarily dead. I don't remember. I don't even remember if I've seen Kick-Ass 2, to be honest with you. They make it seem like he's fucking dead. They definitely make it seem. They sell it that he's dead. Well, we're skipping. Because he definitely got burned the fuck well, up. we're skipping over Hit he Girl. he was doing some great screaming. Well, we're skipping over Hit Girl showing up. We've led right up to that point where she shows up, cuts the lights, and murders five or six people, ten people. I don't remember. It was a lot. I love this scene. It's really, it was really good awesome. Scene. They're about to drop the fucking match, and then she fucking shows up and fucks all these people up. And as like Nick Cage is on fire, and he's just like yelling at her of what to do, screaming instructions to her the whole time. It was great. It was really good. And she's like sitting there trying to listen and piece it together and react on time. Dude, it's great. She's doing a good job. Nick Cage is looking increasingly crazier. It's phenomenal. So eventually eventually scene. she kills everyone in the room and then she shoots out the camera. She talks to her old man. She gets fucking kick ass out of there. They go back to this hideout and she's like packing her bag and he's thinking it's like go chill at his house. And she's like, you idiot. I'm not going back to your house. My dad would want me to fucking continue what he was doing. She's like, I have to gut this fool. I'm going to this fucking pen. Well, he notices like the schematics of the fucking penthouse or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I'm going there right now. I'm going to take him out. And you're coming with me because I need help. And he's like, cool. All right. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. And this is when we see that he gets the fucking. Well, we don't see that it's a jetpack with fucking like Gatling guns on it. But or whatever those we knew whatever those Gatling are called. guns. We knew that those were there because we could see those sticking out of the box. It cost $300,000. Sounds about right. This uh, jetpack. I feel like it would cost. Right. I feel like it would cost more. Than three hundred thousand dollars, because like, do jetpacks like that actually exist? Aside the ones that people do like above the water. See, what has me sketched out about this jetpack is, dude, I don't want to be that high in the air when it like decides to stop working, or runs out of gas or battery or something like that. No. Oh god, that'd be so fucking awful. Well, this is where we get to what we kind of touched on earlier, where she gets to the penthouse and just kills her way through everybody. Yeah, she just murders everybody. Fucking love this. Except for three people who uh, kick-ass kills. I fucking love when she shows up to this fucking, the first floor of the penthouse. She's dressed up like a little schoolgirl with fucking pigtails, and she walks in, and then they fucking throw in that fucking, like, Western music and fucking, like, end-of-Western movie good going to get your revenge i fucking loved it and then she starts fucking killing them to get up fucking stairs into the penthouse well it's like those uh the dudes all like they're not gonna let her in and then the one guy's like come on man he's a little she's a little kid let him let him so he lets her in in. and she shoots the first guy in the head through that guy's cheek 
Yeah, it was fucking awesome. That was wicked. I love when they throw Western music in like that. Fucking great. I honestly didn't even really tie it together. Oh, I did. I was like, oh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 right there. So she goes up the fucking escalator, or up the elevator, and in the meantime puts on her fucking hit girl costume. And then the hallway scene is one of the ones that stood out most vividly in my mind from watching it before, which was probably, again, when this came out. It's such a good fucking scene where she goes through and murders about a dozen dudes. The music, and then the one thing I fucking always get nitpicky about is she's fucking reloading. I hate when they don't fucking reload in movies. She gets kind of like forced into this kitchen area where she has no more bullets. And so she like jump jumps behind the kitchen like, uh, what do you call it? The island, island there. And then she sees these knives, grabs them. She throws those at one of the dudes. The guy's all like, fuck this. And he's like, I'm going to get my motherfucking rocket launcher. So he gets his rocket launcher, is about to shoot that at her when the fucking kick-ass comes up on his jetpack. And he's all like, I'm about to roast y'all bitches with my Gatling gun and murder three men. He hasn't murdered anybody up until this point. He's just like, like you were saying earlier, like, doesn't this change you? He just murdered three men. I might change you later, but in the heat of the moment, you got to survive, motherfucker. You got to get out of there. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's crazy, right? <laughs> and so that's when... It's crazy, we, right? <laughs> so he comes in, and it's not like he takes his jetpack off. He's just wearing it this whole time. Like, even during that fight. It's got to weigh with, over 100 pounds easily. It's got to be heavy. And he just has a sword fight. Or, not a sword fight, but like a... Kendo stick fight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Well, they knock each other out while Hit Girl and the mob man duke it out. And he's about to shoot her in the fucking head. Which, okay, so like, I get it. He wanted to shoot her. But he's already got her down. Like, she's like a tiny 11-year-old girl. He could have probably just thrown her out the window. I think he wanted to shoot her in the head. That's simple enough for I me. Think it would have been, I think it would have been better revenge to, like, throw her off the... Like, We've already seen him shoot what he thought was kick-ass directly in the head, so that's his move. Yeah, that's his go-to, his signature. He's a fucking mob guy. You just shoot people in the head. Why not? I feel like, at this point, you just want to make sure she's dead. So you don't want to, like, risk going over and walking over to grab that gun and then, like... All right, you know what? How about obviously this? Obviously, it gets foiled. How about this? You shoot her in the head and then you throw her out the window afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's an obvious... Uh, obvious. Compromise. But he gets thrown out the window himself by a bazooka round. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking kick-ass murders a fourth man. And... That sets up the reasoning for Red Mist to be like, I hate kick-ass, let's have a second movie. You murdered my daddy. Oh yeah, and it's all cutesy too, because now she's going to school with kick-ass too. They're enrolled at the same school, so they can like chill and shit. Yeah, now they're just like friends, even though she's got to be what, like six years younger than them? At least? Something like that, it seemed like, yeah. I think it's more like big brother, little sister than anything or siblings of some degree well i mean that one guy said he'd wait yeah. for her. michael scott's nephew that's weird i wasn't gonna touch on that in fact i'd forgotten it entirely but that's a weird thing to say too that was a weird weird scene right very weird yeah no talk about waiting around for an 11 year old like bro you'll be 23 or 4 by then calm down fucking go live your life don't fantasize about an 11 year old growing up that's fucking weird it's very weird. All right, so that's the end of this movie. It ends with Red Mist being like, I want my vengeance. I'm going to kill you. I'll see you in a second. And then he shoots us in the face. 
Yeah. So he says, get the fuck out of here. Go eat shit and die. I didn't do that. And so then it ends. Um, There's no after credit scene. It just ends. So do you have anything else you'd like to say about this movie before we uh, get to the rating portion of the podcast? Why would I want to say anything more? Let's just rate it. All right. So IMDb rates the movie Kick-Ass on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's, 38 Randy Quaid's. Who would like to start with their review? Let's just do me, because it'll be the lowest, and I don't really want to talk about it for too long anyway. Like I brought up the positives for this movie. I thought the action was really good. I thought the action was well thought out in terms of how it related to the characters that were doing the action. Would I necessarily always believe an 11-year-old girl could do what she did? No, but they created a story in which I absolutely believed that she could do that. And it made perfect sense. And never once, like we brought up earlier, did Kick-Ass become this great fighter. Because not enough time had passed for him to learn how to box in a decent manner. Let alone fucking hang with any of these true fighting masters that he was going up against. Well, there weren't that many. Basically just the mob man. Anyway, there were just enough things like the pretending to be gay and the fantasizing about children... And the weird reactions to pretending to be gay. All these things just stood out to me in a way that I was like, the story of this is, the premise is fine. I like the trying to translate superhero into real world. They just didn't create too many likable characters for me the way that they wrote the script at the time. And maybe in 2010, it bothered me less. But I haven't watched it since then, so clearly I didn't love it that much. I don't own it. I won't own it. I can't say I won't watch it again if I were given a reason to, but I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. If you like superhero movies, I'd recommend you watch it. I'm going to give it, because of the action aspect of it, a higher rating than maybe it deserves. But it was enough for me to make it through. I'm going to give this a 30. All right. All right. Uh, Would you like to go next, uh, Mr. Spade? Hold on. Before I continue, I already pointed this out, though. Nick Cage absolutely fucking brought it in this movie, in this role. He played it perfectly. A true man who was broken and became a revenge machine. And he did it fucking well. And he did it brutally. And he did it with a smile on his face. And he played that perfectly. And his screaming as he burned alive to his daughter to use the strobe light or whatever the fuck it was that he was yelling was just... An unreal character choice, and he nailed it. If I'm giving this a Nick Cage rating for his performance, it's a 48 Randy Quaid's. But the movie itself, the movie itself gets a 30. Sorry, go ahead, Johnny Spade. I loved the Big Daddy-Hit Girl relationship. I loved her character. I loved his character. I loved the action, the gore, the violence, the swearing, like the rated R-ness of this movie. The fucking, I guess I'll call it the third act was fucking great. I love the Western music, all the music choices they made. I'm coming in hot on this movie. That's all I got to say about this movie. I'm giving it a 45. I do think it is, and I didn't think about that. Interesting to point out, this was a very adult-oriented superhero movie, which, what are other examples of this? Super? Super. Super. And at the time, it was probably around the same time frame, Deadpool. But that didn't come until much later. And that's what made... Studios weren't willing to take a chance on that at that level. Because that was a smaller movie. 
um, Super was. Like, that wasn't like a oh, big a, studio. That like, was, I feel like, smaller than this. I feel like that might have been an indie movie. I'm not sure. I think you're right. But it's definitely smaller than even this. Because I think this... This this got a sequel and was a, a big... This was a big deal. Release. Yeah, this was kind of a bigger deal than, than I think Super was in terms of being part of the marketing machine and shit. But it, I, I didn't even think about the fact that it was not in vogue to do an adult-style superhero movie at the time. Back in 2010, if you were going to uh, a video place to rent a movie, this would have a section, like a big section, top to bottom on the wall, versus Super would have like one or two. Yeah, I think Super I only saw at like Redbox or something. I was like, Ray and Wilson mm-hmm. in a superhero movie? I love that movie. Yeah, so do I. It's unexpectedly violent. First time you. Oh watched. yeah, I didn't expect that at mm-hmm. all. He's like beating somebody with a wrench. Yeah. I'm like what? Like, like really violent. Yo, Spade. I didn't catch. Did you say if you would watch, own, or recommend this movie? Oh, for sure. I do own this movie. Oh, okay. I think I own the second one too. And I fucking for sure would recommend this movie. It may be called Kick Ass, but it's coming up all a hit girl. Give me a fucking standalone hit girl with Chloe. All grown up now. I haven't seen... I think I've seen the second one. I don't remember it at all. I'm assuming she's back for that one. Yeah. I believe I'm pretty so. pretty sure. I believe so. I know McLovin is back. Oh, he'd have to be. There'd be. You couldn't make that movie if you didn't have this supervillain you'd set up in the one before. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage makes parents too. Does he? What, like a flashback or some shit? Yeah. He's definitely in the movie. I know that much. I don't remember how or to what extent he is in the movie, but I know he is in the movie. Well, what do you know about what you would rate this film? So, I also came in pretty hot on this movie. I liked this movie a lot. It was super action-packed. There was a a lot of the things that you brought up that were troubling, to say the least. Just in the character-building aspects of it. Especially, like, building this relationship on a lie and then doubling down on it and being like, oh, well, I'm kind of into it, so let's just fuck. I'd say by the time of the reveal, he'd more than doubled down on it. He'd probably <laughs> yeah. gone way more times than that and be like, oh, no, definitely still gay. I mean, I was always gay. Yeah, I've, and I feel like he would have slipped up at some point. He's an idiot. Of course he did. Like, like dude... There's no way she didn't, like, catch him staring at her ass or something like that. But it's not like they wrote her character to come off as very smart either. No, yeah. She also seemed dumber than a box of rocks. So it was just like, especially because, like, initially I didn't find her to be dumb. But then when they're like, oh, yeah, she just kind of fell in love with some 36-year-old drug dealer that she met through her job well even she like fully believes that he's gay based on a rumor yeah then well i mean she kind of brought it up and he did roll with it he just never said he wasn't but he also oh, yeah never... but she already bought into it because like when they first went for coffee she said some i forget what she said but she's like that's not homophobic is it oh yeah she's like i've always wanted a friend like you yeah yeah and how would that be homophobic because you're using him because he's gay, not because of who he is as a person. Yeah, but isn't homophobic being like afraid of homosexuality? You you can overcorrect and use someone's sexuality. Like it's not saying that she was doing it maliciously, but it's still not like a good thing to be like. The only reason I want to be friends with you is because you're gay. I've always wanted yeah, a gay yeah. friend. Like it's not a it's not a good thing, but it's not like she's being like 
you're right. What you're saying, what you're imagining of like, fuck you if you're yeah. insert slur here. Yeah, exactly. Don't insert a slur there when you're editing, please. I, I will not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, basically, I really like this movie. I thought the action was good. I thought it was fun in the aspect of it making fun and poking fun at the superhero genre tropes uh comic tropes and then on top of it like just going over the top and embracing it as well because like characters like hitman and big daddy are fully embracing the comic book aspect of this movie and i really bought into all of it really like i guess that's kind of where all the characters i guess that's where kind of like pointing out the the superhero tropes and poking fun at them kind of falls flat for me in this movie because other than those instances where it does it it takes itself very seriously as a superhero movie set in the real world so like it's trying to be a satire at the same time as it's trying to take itself very seriously I see I don't necessarily feel like it is trying to take itself too seriously because like I feel like everything is just uh super what do you call it like what's the word I'm looking for um I'll I'll just say it set the tone for me and I brought it up earlier when they explained to me why he doesn't feel pain because of that accident that set the tone for me that this movie is trying to make me believe it's real so it ta- it's taking itself seriously in its presentation in a way that like I think it was more I th- see I th- I looked at that as more of a trope of the like how there's always some sort of no because we've had arguments before like entrance or intro story no, but we... for for the superhero and that's like when he really truly becomes kickass is when he is able to no longer feel the pain and it probably gives him confidence too that he can well he referred to himself as kickass 2.0 yeah I guess, I don't know, I just I feel like the tone didn't hit right with me. Like, it didn't, they didn't nail it quite the way that I think they wanted to, in, for me at least. I, oh, stereotypes. That's what I, the word I was looking for, was stereotypes. I don't even remember what the fuck we was, were talking about. I, I felt like they went over the top with everything being stereotypical. And, like, the villains were really stereotypical. Like, that's what I thought was really cool about it. And it was also, uh, it just, it... I thought it was a fun watch. I own it, yes. Uh, not only because it is part of the Cage collection, but this is a true Nicolas Cage classic. He did a fantastic job. He is the star in this movie, bringing the star power. And yes, uh, you know, Nick Cage brings the star power. Kick Ass is the name of the movie, but Hit Girl is the star. And I would definitely agree with. Johnny Spade that I would recommend people see this movie and yes buy it and buy all the merch 45 deep freeze again no I think he's pretending to sleep oh aren't they actually anti-heroes well, yeah because they're murderers and they're like getting revenge yeah they're not true heroes nope not at all and on that, I think we can all agree that you can catch all of our new episodes and you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, 50 Randy Quades to uh, subscribe and rate the show. Or you can also go to our uh, uh, web page and uh, you, know, you can hit us up and let us know what the fuck is up. Or you can just go outside in the middle of the night and yell up at the stars and hope that we can hear you. Like Chucky B. Of course, you are so humble. Yeah, say, of course, you pick your own name as the one that they would yell because you're so humble. <laughs> and they yell that I'm super humble. Yep. I can go on your MySpace page and put that you're on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Next time on 
50 Randy Quades. It is episode 134, The Postman. Is that a Kevin Costner classic? I believe it is. I believe it is a Costner classic. How are we watching The Postman? It is our one of our guest hosts and former mainstay host, Tater Ricardo's. Oh, boy. As, uh, or as the sheet likes to call him. 50 Randy Quaid's original, Tater Ricardo. 50 RQ OG. He's making his pick for season seven. Hashtag 50 Club. The Postman. But until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace out. <laughs>